This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Welcome to Happy Homes and Gardens. I'm your host. My name is Daphne Royce. I am a real estate broker, architecture, and interior designer. Hape, the Coalition of Asian Pacifics in Entertainment, is celebrating over 30 years of advancing Asian American Pacific Islander in entertainment and media. Cape educates, connects, and empowers talent in writing, filmmaking, editing, etc. Let's welcome Michelle Sujihara, the executive director of Cape, to share their mission. How are you, Michelle? Hi, Daphne. So great to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Please tell us who you are and what Cape does. Absolutely. My name is Michelle Sugihara, and I am the executive director of Cape, the Coalition of Asian Pacifics and Entertainment. We were started in 1991. We are a nonprofit based in Los Angeles, California, and we advocate for Asian and Pacific Islander representation, both in front of and behind the camera. Is it important to support talents in entertainment and media? I, I keep. We believe it is extremely important to support talent both in front of and behind the camera, especially in the Asian and Pacific Islander communities, because oftentimes we didn't grow up with, say, an uncle who is the head of a studio, or we don't. We might even be the first person in our family to be in the entertainment industry, and the industry is such an important media. It's a, a medium for for ways in which. Stories are passed down and shared with the rest of the world.、Uh, the reason that we do our work is that we believe that storytelling can change the world because what we watch on our screens really affects the way that people think, feel, and act about our communities, and that has a direct impact on how we are treated in real life. So there is a study by Ascend and Harvard Business Review that. Asian Americans are the most likely to be hired, but the least likely to be promoted, and a lot of that is stemmed and fueled by the stereotypes that we watch on screen. So, if we're seen as the the sidekick or the contributor but not the leader, then it starts to get more and more ingrained that. We are not seen as leaders. We are not seen as charismatic and assertive, which is completely untrue. But because of the way that we're portrayed, that trickles down to how people perceive us. What is the story of a cape, and how did it start? It cape started in 1991 by three. Very senior executives at the time, and they looked around and they said there must be more of us. And so they reached out to their networks, who then reached out to their networks, and it grew organically and exponentially from there. Their first meeting was in the back of a Chinese restaurant, and slowly it grew and grew. It was volunteer run by the board for. Many years, and then they hired their first executive director, and I'm now the second longtime executive director. I've been there now for eight years, and what we do is we we take a comprehensive look at where we can be the most impactful in the industry. And so today, 
our work is really in three main buckets. The first being the pathway programs. This is how do we get Asian Pacific Islanders working in Hollywood. So we started with writers over a decade ago because we say representation starts on the page. Anything that you watch on your screens today that's a narrative form was written by someone. It started on the page. And so we've started that writers fellowship. And we are very proud to say that today we have alumni writing on over 65 shows across every major network and streamer, shows that all of us watch, like Grey's Anatomy, the longest running medical drama in history, House of the Dragon, Lord of the Rings, You're the Worst, Pachinko, you name it. And it's really wonderful to have people from our communities in those writers' rooms. And then seven years ago, we went to the other end of the spectrum, which is executives, because we really also need the, the gatekeepers, the people who understand our stories. So with the execs, we say inclusion starts with the gatekeepers, and we very strategically focused on development and current. And those are the two departments that have the most impact on what we watch on screen. So, for example, in the TV world, the development department is the one that shepherds the, the script, that buys the, 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 the project, and really develops that into what becomes a show. And then the current department is the one that additionally continues to shepherd it for the screen. So very strategically focusing on those, we focus on rising senior executives and in this past seven years, we've already had 25 promotions. And so really it's building that ecosystem where the executives can then hire the writers and we have that horizontal ecosystem that we've built. And what we've also happily seen is on the writer side itself, our writers have climbed the ladder and become EPs and co-EPs and they're reaching back down to hire our graduates to be staff writers. And so that creates another vertical feedback loop. And then over the years, we've added other segments into our wheel here. We have one for animation, one for assistants and coordinators, because that is lengthening the pathway. In the entertainment industry, the assistant and coordinator levels is really the entry point into the industry. And to my point earlier about how many of us don't have relatives or benefit from nepotism, in this industry, this is really lengthening the pathway to get more of us in at that earlier stages. And then we also started a few years ago a short film challenge for women and non-binary filmmakers. And this is in partnership with Janet Young Productions and generously funded by Julia S. Gao. And the idea there was twofold. So one is that Hollywood, for all intents and purposes, is a club and at times a boys club. We've seen time and time again with the award season that there are no women nominated for the director's slot, as, as we've talked about earlier. And so really we said, okay, how do we help level that playing field for women and non-binary filmmakers? And then the other piece of it is that a lot of times we'll hear about a buzzy film or short that premieres at a big film festival and they win lots of awards and that's how they launch their career. 
But our thought was, well, what if you don't even have the funds to make the film? Then you can't enter into the film festivals and and then get all of the following accolades. And so what what this program does is it actually provides funding to shoot a short film. The first year we provided 15,000 to four winners and our winners were extremely successful right out of the gate. The first year we had someone get into Sundance and South by Southwest. Another person got into Film Independence, Prestigious, Project Involve. Uh, Another one is now looking to make a feature version of her film. And so really, really exciting just from the very beginning. And so we knew that there was something there that obviously the talent is here and they just needed the opportunity. And so very excited that we are now in the second year of that and the funds have increased to $25,000 each to four filmmakers. And so we're in the process of, of going through that and hopefully we'll be making the announcement very soon. Michelle, you mentioned EP. What does EP stand for? Oh, an EP is an executive producer. Producer, okay. And also you mentioned a short film. How long is the short film? So the short film is a maximum of 15 minutes, including credits. Got it. Okay. That will be very helpful to know this. And also talk about women and uh, minority Michelle Yeoh won the Best Actress in 2023. What does this mean for CAPE and AAPI? You know, one of the the things about this industry is that they care about money and awards. And so that's why we focus on the box office. And also it's important to to look at the awards to see who, who is getting recognized because there's so much talent out there. And it's really wonderful this past season to see everything everywhere all at once get all of the accolades that it deserves, including on the actor side for both Michelle Yeoh and Kihui Kwan, but also behind the camera for Daniels and and the directing as well as the screenwriting. So it's really something that we are excited about and want to continue to push forward. Um, I mentioned that we work in three different buckets. And so the the first bucket was those pathway programs I mentioned. Uh, The second bucket is consulting and training, where we consult with all of the major studios and networks on scripts and anywhere from the IP to purchase to who to staff in the writer's room, who should direct it, who should be cast, all the way down the line through distribution. And that's really leading into the third bucket, which is the promotion of projects that actually get made. Because at the end of the day, this is still a business. And that goes back to the comment about money talks. That's the thing that the industry does care about, always watching the performance, either in the box office on the feature side or uh, in terms of the first weekend of a series, particularly in streaming, because that is so analytics driven. After pandemic, I haven't realized that many new movies on the markets. Is anything changed to impact the entertainment industry? In terms of films being released? Yeah, probably only half a month of film that we used to have before pandemic. Yeah, so that could be effect of various things. So one in the early stages of the pandemic production did shut down. And so really that affects the volume that was being made. 
Uh, currently, we are in the midst of a writer strike in the industry,、uh, which is also affecting production. And so, really, it's it's an interesting time for us to be in,、uh, hoping that the 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 parties of the Writers Guild, as well as the the studios, can reach a fair agreement. We're all waiting to see what happens with SAG-AFTRA, which is the union that represents the actors. This is the last week of their negotiations, and so we're waiting to see what happens there.、Uh, just this morning, or the, the past few days, some of the members of SAG have written a letter to their negotiating committee saying to, to continue to push for all of the things that they are asking for, and that if they don't get it, that they join the WGA in, in striking and. So it's very interesting times right now. I don't think there has been ever been a time where two of the main unions, so this would be the Writers Guild as well as the Actors Guild, would be striking at the same time. So this time, perhaps next week, we can be in a, a very interesting world. I'm excited, and I also heard there is new movie named Joyride. That will release on July seven in movie theaters. Please share some insights of this movie with our audience. Yes,、yeah, so we are very excited for Joyride. It is coming out as you said, July seventh. It is directed by Adele Lim and written by Teresa Shaw and Cherry Chibaprabhat Damrang, and it stars Ashley Park, Sabrina Wu, Sherry Cola, and Stephanie Hsu. It's a super raunchy, dirty, fun, heartfelt movie. It just had its LA premiere two nights ago, and it it's just gonna be a very fun summer movie. This is gonna be the movie of the summer.、It's、go with all of your your friends. Don't take your kids. It's very hard R. So get a babysitter, leave them at home, have a fun night out. But this, there's nothing else like it. It's really the first of its kind. We haven't seen anything like this before, and I just I hope everyone goes out to see it. I can't wait to see it. Just as I mentioned, there's not many movie out there. I can't wait to see something that is not superhero and it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of sci-fi movie. I I just want something different. Yes. So this is the movie to see. It's irreverent, fun, funny, heartfelt, and just a really wonderful film that I hope everybody will have a chance to see. And it comes out July seventh, right around the July fourth holiday. And so, really, again, opening weekend box office is very important. So please buy your ticket for opening weekend and take your friends. Why is important to support the opening weekend in entertainment? Opening weekends is one of the metrics that Hollywood looks at in order to gauge the success of a film, and really they look at the receipts and how how much money it brought in, and so really that's why it's really important to buy a ticket that opening weekend and support it. Um, also, the second and third weekends are are also important.、Um, opening weekend is the most important, but continuing week over week for that that second weekend is also important. So something just to think about as well, and that's on the feature 
film side. And then on the TV side, when a show comes out, it's also important to watch that first weekend. What they look at is typically the first 28 days. So really that first weekend, the first week, and then the first 28 days. And so also please watch that. Even if you just have it on in the background, just keep it on on loop because it that is another metric that is used to gauge how successful a show is. And now with so many more shows, there's a lot more content and a lot more competition for eyeballs as well as funding. So really want to vote with your eyeballs, vote with your dollars, because that's really what's going to get projects to continue to be made or seasons to continue to be renewed. So really, it's really thinking about how intentional we're being with our time and attention. And that's something that all of us can do. I always get that question, like, what can we do if we're not in the industry? How do we help this cause of advancing Asian and Pacific Islander representation in media? And really, it is to support the projects that get made, because it's very hard even to get made. That's a miracle if it gets made in general in the industry, because it it is very tough. In 2022, there were 600 scripted shows on various platforms, which is an incredible explosion, largely due to streaming. And so really, we know that there's a lot of content out there. Sometimes you don't even hear about it because there's just so much. So it's shows like this that are really important. I appreciate you, Daphne, for giving us the space to talk about it and to talk about important movies to our community like Joyride. And really this is what it takes is word of mouth it's to have a little bit of grassroots marketing on all of our parts because all of us have a sphere of influence with our friends and family followers whatever that may be and this is how we can continue to push our community forward Fourth of July falls on Tuesday. July 7th is actually the biggest weekend for the summer. Hopefully everyone will go and spend time in the movie theater. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. And I mean, this is one of the biggest weekends for films. Initially, the release date was earlier in June and they pushed it to this weekend, which is a huge testament to the film and, and the belief that the studio has behind it. It's, it's Lionsgate and Point Grey is the production company and they've just really put their weight behind it and with good reason because it is really an exciting film and I hope everyone will turn out to watch it. Other than go to the movie theater watching movie, what are the best way to support talent, artists and leaders? I think, well, that's the big, the biggest way. Uh, another way really is to support your, your friends and family members if they want to go into the industry. I know that there's a little bit of this feeling, I don't know, maybe it was in the, the later generations of like, your, your kids should go into law or medicine. And I, I don't think entertainment was on that list, at least when I was growing up. And maybe it's changing, hopefully. So for all the, the parents out there to encourage your, your kids to go into the business, because there's so many roles in the business that, that someone can do that it's, it's really a, a fascinating and 
industry, it is a business. There's roles for everyone. There's creative roles, but you can also be a market in marketing or accounting or legal. You can do all kinds of things in the business as well as below the line talent and editing and lighting. And there, there's so many different jobs in the industry that a lot of people may not know about. And that's one of the things that we want to do at Cape as well is to highlight the different jobs that people have. And it's just really fascinating jobs and costume design, set design, all, all kinds of positions for any type of interest that people may have. And really it takes a village to, to make any kind of project. It, everyone is so important in, in the ecosystem. And so consider a career in the entertainment industry because there, there are many things that, that need to be done and join groups like CAPE that can support that, that can build the community and get to know each other and, and help each other. Um, another way, aside from box office, that if you have any discretionary funds that you are, are looking to invest into the community, you can look for Kickstarters or crowdfunding sources. People are always making short films or their feature films and looking for some additional funding to make their projects. So contribute to those and, and support them that way. And just find ways to support and build the community would be is really amazing. For younger generation, if they want to pursue entertainment industry, they really require to have a certain kind of degree or training before they enter entertainment? No. So that's one of the, the great things is you don't necessarily have to have any special certification. There's so many different ways to get into the industry. So if you talk to 10 different people as to how they got into the industry, you'll get 10 different answers. So I think that's really one of the greatest opportunities and exciting aspects of this industry is there's just a lot of different ways to get in. And there's a lot of different careers that you can have. I mean, I would say it depends. Like if you wanted to be an entertainment lawyer, obviously you would have to go to law school and do all of that. But uh, outside of those types of professions within the industry, the majority of them, you do not have to have any particular schooling or certifications. Tell us what are some challenges in entertainment and media after the pandemic? Some of the challenges is that this is a system that was not built for us. So really, that's why partially CAPE exists and why we do the work that we do, is to really create the space and the opportunities for the Asian Pacific Islander communities to advance in the industry. Because what we're seeing sometimes is that our stories are not being told or they're not being told well. And that's really, that leads into that second bucket I talked about where we do our work in consulting and trainings and really trying to dispel some of the rampant myths that exist about our communities. For example, the model minority or the perpetual foreigner stereotypes and tropes. And so it's more about education and access. And that's something that CAPE works to dismantle and to help people get 
more plugged into the industry because the talent is there, but the opportunities are, are harder to get and the access. And so that's something that we're hoping to open those doors for, for the people in our community. Is it Cape solely for U.S. markets? Will you actually open doors to the Asian markets? It's mostly, our work is grounded mostly in Hollywood and getting into that system. Uh, very interested in discussing more about the, the Asian markets. And the lens through which we have largely been working is people from Asia coming over to work in the Hollywood space. But, uh, you know, times are changing. The world is extremely global. What we're watching on our screens is now even more accessible, again, largely due to streaming and the global nature of what is being distributed and allow or able to be watched by so many. So that's something that we're definitely keeping an eye on. One of the exciting things that we've been working on is our CAPE database. So because of where we sit in the industry, we touch all of the different aspects from writers, directors, actors below the line, Uh, talent reps. And so we've built this database and it's internal at the moment. And we've been working for the past few years on making it externally available for free to the public. And so that's something that we're going to bring online in, in the next year or so. And so really want to get the word out that if you are a creative in the industry, please reach out to us to be part of the database. And then if you are someone who hires talent, please also reach out to us because this is a, a tool that we want to give to the entertainment industry. Because like I said, talent is here. We have so much talent in the Asian and Pacific Islander community in Hollywood, and we are just ready to put them all to work. So that is something that we're very proud of, very excited for, and that should be coming online very shortly. So please keep an eye out for that. Wonderful. Please tell us how people can contact Kate. Absolutely. You can find us on the web. We're at www.capeusa.org. And we're also on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at Cape USA. So that's at C-A-P-E-U-S-A. And then we're on Facebook at Cape, C-A-P-E. Well, thank you very much, Michelle, for your time today. That was wonderful information. And hope everybody go watch Joy Rights on July 7th. Yes. I really want to emphasize that to support CAPE and older minority community in entertainment. Thank you so much for having me. Great to chat with you. Great to chat with you as well. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Daphne. You have just listened to Tall Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.